Chapter Three of On the Exercises of Piety by Jean Gebert. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: The Liturgical Offices. Section One: Their Meaning and Necessity. Whatever leaning a man may have towards piety in solitude, if he be a true Christian, he will not confine himself to it so convinced will he be that such isolation will be fatal to him he attends his parish church and takes his part in the liturgical offices not satisfied with the low mass at which he communicates he attends high mass and vespers when he can do so he is not ashamed of taking his place and of carrying a light in the processions of the blessed sacrament he goes humbly year by year to receive the blessed ashes on his forehead during holy week he goes to get his blessed branch he makes his visit to the tomb and he kisses the crucifix on good friday in a word he is associated with the mysteries and solemnities celebrated by the church his religion does not remain individualistic it becomes social and he binds himself to participate in these external ceremonies both for the sake of the good he receives from doing so and for the example that he sets the first advantage that he gets comes from the very nature of external worship is there indeed anything more touching is there anything more like the pure joys of heaven than the majestic ceremonies unrolled beneath the arches of our sacred fanes even in our smaller churches the breadth of the proportions the fineness of the lines and the ruling silence of recollection grip and uplift the soul the sacred pictures the great crucifixes and even the glow of the lights and gleam of the gold all help to catch the eye and to fix it upon religious symbols that represent our adorable mysteries then the voices rise the chants resound sometimes solemn sometimes more full of animation but always worthy and they stir all one's feelings to happy emotion and the impression remains so deeply imprinted that even to advanced age and in distant exile these chants return to the memory and awaken the fruitful thoughts of the best years of one's life and what is experienced by one is felt by each of his neighbours and from feeling in unison hearts beat more at ease and the emotion of each is increased by the emotion of all and it ends by reaching such a degree of heat that it melts for ever the ice of human respect holy happy hours and truly heavenly are these hours of the liturgy those who have tasted them once forget them never and the hymns heard then haunt the memory to one's last breath when after long wanderings a man returns to the faith of his earliest days and to the god of his first communion it is because the flame of christian belief has suddenly leapt up from memories slumbering in the living depths of his heart the liturgical offices have besides the advantage of being fuller of god 
if jesus had promised to be present wherever two or three are gathered together to pray all the more will he be a living presence amongst the faithful met together for the prayers of the office in our divine offices they are no longer men who pray in isolation it is the church herself who comes into play it is the holy ghost himself who adores and supplicates by our lips wherever there are catholic churches the same words are uttered the same signs are seen the same praise resounds the same supplication rises and the same spirit of jesus prays in all what incomparable beauty there is in this one and universal prayer which all christian hearts vie with one another in repeating who would hold aloof from this immense concord how mean are our individual prayers compared with this vast cry of distressed humanity re-echoed by the same spirit infinitely through the whole of heaven how one loves to take part in the chant of mass or vespers when one knows by faith that one's voice goes to swell the praise of the whole church add to this consideration the fact that our liturgical offices surpass all other prayers in the beauty of the words which are uttered in them and of the acts that are performed in fact what can be more sublime than the psalms what more sweet than the hymns what more filled with piety than the prayers what more dogmatic than the liturgical expressions that abound in the mass what possess a higher morality than the example of the saints whose excellencies are set before us all the illumination of the faith and all the thoughts of holiness permeate our souls under the influence of the sacred liturgy further our divine offices are less prayers than religious dramas that the church enacts before our eyes holy mass enables us to be present at the august sacrifice of the cross announced by the prophets prepared for by the preaching of jesus and consummated on calvary our vespers which are too little understood re-echo the celestial chants in our midst they begin with the psalms of god's ancient people they continue with the beautiful hymn of the blessed virgin the magnificat and they end with the hymns and prayers of the new dispensation the charming episode of the purification of mary lives again in the animated ceremonies of candlemas the triumphal entry of jesus into jerusalem is made realizable to us in the affecting feast of palm sunday and who can help admiring the poetry and life of the liturgical feasts when they are compared with the commonplace and symbolically meaningless gatherings with which some people endeavor to replace them should we not do better to explain to the people the deep meaning of our traditional offices instead of creating new ones which are lacking in the spirit of the past besides the priceless benefits that they procure to those who attend them the liturgical offices are also a means of propaganda the christian who goes to them with regularity is a fruitful example to his brethren to follow high mass with devotion 
and also vespers in the parish church is to make a public profession of one's faith the prayer you offer up in the depths of your heart or in the privacy of your house is not a missionary prayer it is certainly good for your own soul but it does not persuade other souls to pray the mass you attend in the early morning or in some private chapel certainly enables you to participate in all the riches of the sacrifice of the cross but it has not the power to encourage the fearful to overcome human respect in the weaker brethren and to proclaim your faith openly if it be true that religion in these days has no worse enemy than human respect there is no more effectual way of defending it than to advertise it prominently by being faithful to the liturgical exercises no doubt it must be taken for granted that certain delicate situations call for a certain amount of prudent reserve but nevertheless it is important not to take an exaggerated view of what is required in such cases and not to encourage them to become tyrannical by giving in prematurely but apart from such exceptional cases it is the duty of every good christian without either being a prig or a coward to confess his faith openly and to do honour to his religion by public participation in the offices of the church let us hope that the young especially in the country districts may be enrolled after first communion with a promise to come whenever they can to high mass and to vespers section two how to behave at them these offices however will not be loved and observed if the faithful are allowed to get tired of them and if those who attend do not understand and take an interest in them and take part in them therefore the faithful must be more than mere spectators for if they only look and listen and take no active part in them they will soon be filled with distaste for them fifty years ago when it is acknowledged that the faithful were closely packed in our churches but were strangers to what was going on in them it might have been foreseen that before very long the churches would be empty outside work was urgent and pleasure was appealing to them and within weariness was overcoming them and the sense of having nothing to do pervaded them in consequence they remained outside in order to keep those who remain let us give them something to do what then are the faithful to do during the sacred offices most of them read or pray while the office is going on in the choir while the priests and the singers are carrying out the liturgical worship the people follow from a distance what is taking place and fulfil for their part their religious duties the less educated recite the rosary others are engaged in pious reading and those who have the greatest faculty for interior prayer meditate and unite in the prayer of the church from the bottom of their hearts but this prayer is not theirs the liturgical office is not their office there are two groups in the church the choir where the office is celebrated 
and the nave where individuals enter separately into communion with god what is in the mind of the church does not take place it is the work of the parish priest to break down this dualism he should begin by instructing the faithful in the nature of the sacred offices and in the proper way of taking part in them he will advise those who cannot read to join in voice with the choir in the chants and to fill up the intervals of silence by uniting in the prayers offered by the priest those who can read he will urge to bring a book to the holy offices not a religious book of no matter what sort but a book which contains the liturgical prayers he will invite them to sing with the choir and to repeat the same prayers as are said by the priest he will admonish them that no prayers are as good as the liturgical forms of prayer which are inspired by the holy ghost and said at the same time throughout the whole church this is not the place to explain how to train a parish in the liturgical chant we will only say that it ought to be attempted if one wishes to unite all the faithful by means of the chant in one prayer and that if the children get used to it by several years of continuous practice in the end all the faithful will be led on to take it up let the diocesan official prayer book be the book par excellence for everyone those who have time to read may next take dom geringer's liturgical year to guide them manuals of devotion and other formularies should be kept for private prayer End of chapter three